Well, Mr. President, you did it. Just like I promised, right? <laughs> Halfway through into your first term and prosperity is at an all-time high. In two years, you really made America great again. See, I told you, it's more than just words on a silly head. First Lady Melania is 100% correct. I got to admit, you know, I, I didn't think it could happen this fast. A everyone loves the new laws you tweeted. Terrific. <laughs> Just terrific. General, how are we doing in Syria? Well, ISIS is completely eliminated, sir. The country is at peace. All the refugees have returned, and they have great jobs as blackjack dealers in the Trump Hotel and Casino in Damascus. <laughs> so everyone's happy? They're so happy, Mr. President. Madam Secretary, how's the situation in Russia? Never better. After your face-to-face -face meeting, Putin has withdrawn from Ukraine. And believe me, he does not want to be called a loser again. He cried for hours. Well, I'm sorry. I just had to do that. Keep up the good work, Amorosa. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> Jimmy, how's the economy? Amazing, sir. Uh, in the words of our new national anthem, it's huge. <laughs> After your tough negotiations with China, you are killing them on trade. They're now borrowing money from us. I have no idea how you did it, sir. Well, you know what? I don't have to get specific. With me, it just works. You know, it's magic. It's just ma It's always been that way my whole life. So let's just see what happens over here. But I wasn't sure. What's it all like? Yes, you know, it's hard to be president because the White House, it's, it's the smallest place Donald and I have ever lived, you know? But, but we made it work. It's true. Mr. President, your daughter, the Secretary of Interior, is here. Oh, that's great. Perfect timing, Ivanka. How is the White House? How's everything going? And how are the renovations doing? Actually, and not surprisingly, we are ahead of schedule and under budget. The private swimming pool and cabanas are already completed. And now, if you'll excuse me, today we are covering the Washington Monument in gold mirrored glass. Wow, that's going to look so elegant. Oh, like beautiful hotel. Mr. President, the president of Mexico is here to see you. Oh, that's great. Send him in. Ah! Donald! Enrique! I brought you the check for the wall. Oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> this is far too much money. I no, I insist. Consider it an apology for doubting you. As history shows us, nothing brings two countries together like a wall. Well, I, I told you, and it, it's I'm so proud of you, and Changing Telemundo to all English for me? Mm. You changed that to all English? It's the greatest course. thing. I am so proud Mr. of you. Mr. President, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but we have got a big problem. What is it's it? It's the American people, sir. What? They're just sick of winning. They're winning so much. It's just too great, sir. Look, I know how they feel. It's exhausting. But that's what... Really, I mean, that is the price you have to pay. Winning is tough. It's not that easy. If you think that's how it's going to be when I'm president, you're wrong. It's going to be even better. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Straight nation 
Just like the place we used to live Where they millstone groomers And ignore the boomers Oh, what I just wouldn't give straight nation with every vote I cast it's true may our streets be cleaned up right and may the perverts all be tonight well happy monday happy monday good morning ladies and gentlemen today is the 29th day of the first month of the year of our lord 2024 i hope that you had a wonderful balmy weekend this is the crusade channel live talk radio the way it should be where we are always on air always online always happy to be with you, I am your humble host, Mike Parrott, hosting Parrot Talk every single day at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time from the heart of America, where I currently am in the RTF studio. You can email me at restoringthefaithmedia at gmail.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to do this to you. I hate to smack you in the face with some, uh, well, on a Monday morning, no less. I really, I am want to do this. But you need to hear the words of the immemorial Hillary Rodham Clinton. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that <laughs> is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't even get through it. I just had to pause, take an air break. You know how, like, uh, you're swimming or you're doing a workout and you're like... <sighs> A second, okay, here we go. Come on, Hillary. Tell us what you need to tell us. Night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I wish you could see her eyes right now. Like, I wish you could see how crazy she looks. My goodness. Um, I'm not going to do this. You know what? I am just not going to do this. First of all, it's two minutes long. And second of all, she actually says, quote, right wing extremists will steal the 2024 election. Right wing extremists. That's what Hillary Rodham Clinton is here to say to the indivisibles. Who are we, the divisibles? Are we the divisibles? Are we divided into uh, uh, deplorables and whatnot? I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead, because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, 
state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican controlled. But there's also good news in the mm. face of this very... Uh, I'm not going to hang around for the good news from Hillary Rodham Clinton. I'm just not. I can't do it, ladies and gentlemen. On a Monday morning, I apologize to you. Do you see how disdainful she is of the idea of your state legislatures having any power over your lives? You see, she is one of the women who believes that the federal government should have all the power and that the states should just basically uh, have state birds and state foods and state histories and whatever else. Maybe maybe do the, the school districts buttressed by, you know, the, uh, the, the, the federal education department. She doesn't believe that states should do anything. And so she is personally offended by the idea that a state legislature might have some say in selecting its own delegates. Incidentally, we know who the indivisibles are. I know who the indivisibles are. 18,571 total respondents to this gender bimarital status. Okay, gender bimarital status. Democrats and Republicans. Married men are 59% Republican, 39% Democrat. Married women, 56% Republican, 42% Democrat. Single men, unmarried men, 52% Republican, 45% Democrat. I think you know where this is going. Unmarried women, single women, 68% Democrat, overwhelmingly Democrat. Less than a third are Republican. When Hillary Rodham Clinton refers to the indivisibles, she is literally referring to a bunch of single women, many of whom are probably single mothers. Single womanhood, single motherhood, is one of the more grave evils in our society today. Not only does it produce 68% Democratic type people, but it produces all kinds of problems in society. You see, it is the single women who are out there vandalizing the Mona Lisa like what happened over the weekend. It's a bunch of women doing these things and they're hideous looking they have to be single single women I think I have misspoken on this show before I think I have told you that single motherhood is a grave social evil but I need to back it up a little bit single women spinsters are actually the problem now I'm sure that some of you out there in the Crusaderville land, 
future citizens of Milstonia are single women for various reasons. So I am speaking broadly here and I am not attacking you. But broadly speaking, I think you would all even agree with me. Women should not be single. Women should have the authority of a man in their life. And if they can't have that or won't or don't, then they should join a convent. Women should live at home until they are given away in marriage. That's how a properly ordered society should be. I didn't wake up this morning and say, well, it's Monday, I'm going to attack women. But we know who the indivisibles are. The indivisibles that Hillary Rodham Clinton is relying on are single women, unmarried women, many of whom are single mothers, but not all. There's a, there's a large and growing percentage of single women who are not single mothers. They're just willfully spinsters. You know, in some of the old moral manuals, back when we used to write down how we ought to do things, when we built Western civilization, some of the old, ancient moral manuals would say that an unmarried woman, by the time she reaches her 28th year, is a spinster. And that she would be better off... This is a Catholic moral manual. And this is before, you know ecumenical, blended families, mixed marriages. This was way before any of that. It said she would be better off placing herself under the authority of a Protestant man than being a single woman, a spinster. Because at least if she placed herself under the authority of someone who was theologically in error, but still a man, still wielding legitimate authority within the marriage, within the family that her obedience thereunto would merit her what would be useful in the salvation of her soul. And it would be useful to the common good. You see, we have always known the danger of single women. Liberated women! Free! Liberated women! Let them vote. Let them hold office. Let them own land. Let them go to war. Let them compete against men in sports. Let them get their heads bashed in by other men pretending to be women. We're just in the final phase of liberating women. Liberating women from the torture, the absolute torture of raising a family, being a mother, being the most revered member of the family, the nucleus of the family passing on her sacred traditions, loving, guiding, and teaching her precious children, molding them like sculptures, no, like cathedrals, inside her womb, something only she can do, cooperating with the Creator in the creation of immortal human life. Yeah, it's terrible. She needed to be liberated from that. She needed to get her nails done and go to Starbucks and have her BS marketing job to feel free. 
get her in the cubicle right now as a wage slave cuck so that she can feel free. Otherwise, she will feel oppressed, captive. Unmarried women are a menace to society. Spinsters. I use the word quite often. And if you're a spinster listening to this program, I'm not attacking you. Very likely you have some reasons for your spinstering. I'm thinking of the 35-year-old woke white liberal who says, I'm not getting married. I don't need a man. I'm not going to reproduce. Kids are icky. I'm going to produce wealth in my life. I'm going to go work in finance or in marketing, management. I'm going to seek a deeper meaning in my career. That's how I'll be fulfilled. I don't need no man. I'm a strong woman. That type of spinster is like a bull in a china shop within the context of human society. That kind of spinster brings about death and destruction wherever she goes. She is constantly on the lookout for veiled acts of sexism. She is sensitive to potential racism hiding under every rock. She believes in the destruction of the innocent human life. She is pro-abortion, pro-gay marriage. She hates guns. She very often hates the police, certainly hates soldiers, sailors, and marines. And almost 70% of the time, she is a hardcore alt-left Democrat. Fathers with daughters who are listening to the sound of my voice here on the Crusade Channel, make sure that you take care of your daughters. Make sure that they stay with you. Take them out on dates. Treat them like the ladies that they are. Be the man that they will someday hope to find and marry. Don't send them to college where they will be indoctrinated into alt-left woke activism. Consider sending them maybe to a finishing school. You can still find those. Well, she will learn the finer skills of hosting, cooking and cleaning, raising a family. How about knitting? How about mending people's clothes? Tending to animals on a small family farm? Perhaps if young women knew how to make butter and cheese, rather than knowing how to make people around them miserable with their woke leftist shenanigans, we would once again return to a society in which men and women would marry more often. Now look, I have had my 
I have had plenty of criticism for the guys. For the guys out there, you need to get yourselves squared away. Men need to man up and act like men. That goes without saying. But men want to become worthy of a woman. That is deep, deep within our psychology. A good woman will make a man desire to become worthy of having her. Of protecting her and providing for her. That is deep down what every man wants to do. Are spinsters worthy of such a sacrifice, such a great reward? Are they the pearl of great price? Spinsters are a menace. They are a menace to our society, a menace to our culture. I'm not talking about widows. Just to be clear, I'm not talking about the 65-year-old widow who helps out at the parish, who doesn't doesn't necessarily see a benefit in getting remarried in her 60s, who dedicates her life to helping the parish community or feeding the poor or volunteering or raising her grandchildren or whatever it is. No, that's not a spinster. I'm talking about the 35-year-old white upper-middle-class woke leftist woman who doesn't need no man. Or worse, the 50 or 60 year old who never got married. Yikes. Hello. Large alarm bells. Large alarm bells go off, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what I'm talking about. These are the people who are running Planned Parenthood. I'm not saying that in Milstonia that spinsters would necessarily be millstoned. I think that's a little bit extreme, okay? I think you need to calm down with your hyper sense of justice. We need to have a little mercy on the spinsters. Give it a generation or two. Now, I would send them all to a finishing school. They would be forced to grow out their hair. They'd be barred from any haircuts except trims. Look, half the spinsters have shaved heads. It's going to take them a few years to grow their hair back. They will be issued dresses, long, beautiful, flowing, and modest dresses to wear. They will rediscover their femininity. They will make themselves at the uh, Milstonia Finishing Academies. They will make themselves worthy of being chased and pursued by the fine young men of Milstonia. The fine young men of Milstonia will find the former spinsters who graduate from the Milstonia Finishing Academy to be the finest choices in society. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to, uh, what, to found the Milstonia Finishing Academies for spinsters only. Although the headmaster will have to be a man, practically all of the faculty will be women. Because as 
you young ladies know, no one is harder on you than your own mother. <laughs> the mother-daughter relationship is really something that is, it is something to be studied. It is a fascinating relationship, the mother-daughter relationship. The headmaster will, of course, be a man, an important citizen in Milstonia, but the, the governesses, the various governesses will be women. Women who have raised women. Because it takes a woman to raise a woman. But it takes a man to cure a spinster. What do I mean by that? Well, only a, women can, a woman can convey the essentials of femininity to her daughter. A daughter needs a mother to become a woman. But she, more than that, and even in less intervals, by far the more important variable, even with one-tenth of the interaction or one-fiftieth of the interaction, a young lady needs to be told by her father that she is beautiful, that she is worthy, that she is special, and that he will protect her for her entire life. That's it. She needs to hear those words. She needs to know it in the depths of her heart. It doesn't take a man raising a little girl. No, men can't raise little girls into women. You've got to have a mother and a father. Everybody deserves to have both. Both, both men and women deserve to have a mother and a father. And anybody who says otherwise will be millstoned in Millstonia, period. That's it. I'm just telling you the finer points of exactly what the father must do to ensure that a woman becomes a woman becomes a lady the man must convey his undying love his deep admiration for his beautiful flower his daughter whom he was put on the earth to protect until the day he walks her down the aisle and gives her away either to the church or to her husband whom he has selected and approved. And so the headmaster at the Millstonia Finishing Academy for Spinsters must be a man. A man who has raised women. Because even in their re-indoctrination back into normal society during their finishing school, they may have very infrequent interactions with the headmaster himself. Most of their interactions will be with the various governesses. But the headmaster will tell each and every one of them why he is there, what his role is, and that each one of them is beautiful, and to be cherished and protected someday by a man.
And that, ladies and gentlemen, will solve the 68% Democrat problem that we have with unmarried women in these United States. And there will be far less unmarried women and far less unmarried men. And society itself will become more stable. All with the help of a couple headmasters and a few strict governesses at the Millstonia Academy of Finishing School for spinsters. Quick break. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean with that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. We are always on air, always online, and always happy to be with you. I hate to break it to you. I don't want to be the one to tell you this, but we have a commander-in-chief. He, he, he wants to speak. He's going to start shouting. I have no idea what he's saying. They tell me that this man has five more years left in him. Donald Trump, when he was commander-in-chief, refused to visit a cemetery, U.S. cemetery, outside of Paris for fallen American soldiers. And he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. He actually said that. He said that. How dare he say that? How dare he talk about my son and all of us dressed like that? How dare he talk about what? What, what again? What again there, Commander-in-Chief? This man, according to Democrats, has five more years left in him. Now, um, I am seeing some whispers, some hints, that he may not actually be the nominee. You know, it would be it would be dramatic. I don't think it would be unprecedented. Somebody may step in. They may somebody they may get to him. Whoever is controlling this man, they may step in and say, "Hey, look, Joe, you've done it, okay." You were in the United States Senate at the age of 29 years old. You were the vice president for eight years. You were the president of the United States. You've done it. You've lived the American dream. Why don't you just retire? Why don't you just... Look. Go live in a memory care unit with Jill. And Dr. Jill and you, you can play solitaire and eat ice cream... Doesn't that sound whimsical, Joe? You're not cut out for this. You don't want to do this again. You don't want to go to all 50 states and have a presidential election. You don't want to lose. Do you want to lose, Joe? Do you want to be a one-term president who lost? Or do you want to be a one-term president who retired on your own terms? Be smart about this, Joe. Hopefully somebody's telling him that. I mean, I say hopefully for his own sake. I really don't have a dog in the fight. I, I think both parties are compromised. I think it's all kind of controlled. So I can say 
unequivocally, hopefully, for his own sake. For the sake of his own mental health. For the sake of his family. I think it's elder abuse to parade this man around. He's clearly in decline. To parade him around, he has no idea where he is half the time. It's terrible what they're doing to him. You shouldn't have a situation where you are forcing this man to run for president in his 80s. Can't even find his way off the stage. It's inhumane. I, I, I'm telling you, it's inhumane. Say a prayer for my grandmother who has passed on. And my grandfather, who's just a bit older than uh, fake Catholic usurper Chief Joe Biden, who unfortunately has been suffering from a precipitous mental decline to the point where he does, he's not even sure who I am. I don't know what's going to happen to him now without his rock, his 50-year companion, 50-plus-year companion, 60-year. Hold on, let me do the math. 65, 70-year companion? It would be abusive to force my grandfather to run for some political office. It would be inhumane. It would be a crime against humanity. It would be the height of manipulation control. I couldn't imagine doing it. I couldn't imagine forcing that to happen to an old man who's unsure of himself, who's unsure of who is around him, who's just being controlled by some nitwit swamp creature who is controlling the White House. I, 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 am, I, I am very serious about this. What they're doing to Joe Biden should be considered a crime. I mean, it's criminal. The level of criminality, though, that's, I mean, in Milstonia, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we would do in Milstonia. Speaking of Milstonia, these are board members of a Rhode Island school district who are having a meeting here, and they want to hide information from parents about their kids, including if their child comes out as LGBTQRS. I don't think parents should be notified simply because... I don't think parents should be notified assumes that every child has a well-meaning family culture that is accepted. Society assumes that every family has a well-meaning family accepting. Accepting of this. Sometimes the worst thing you can do is involve a parent in some of these issues. Sometimes the worst thing you can do is call the parent in some of these issues. Based on their own beliefs and their own culture. And that will cause that student to commit suicide. That will cause the student to commit suicide. If you tell a student who's trusted you, who has come out to say that I'm a lesbian, and you now go back and tell the parent that child has no faith in that school system ever again and will never come forward with any information, and his 
second recommendation. Okay, so the student losing faith in the school district is the most important value. I, I, let me just unpack that for a second. If you break trust with the student and you inform the parents that the student's a little pervert, the little pervert student will not trust the school anymore. And so what is the highest value here according to a board member of the school district? Trust in the school district. Trust in the process. Trust in the government school. The profession of faith, therefore, is in the school. You must profess the faith. of the government school. The worst thing that could possibly happen, besides the kid offing himself and going straight to hell, I agree, that would be a pretty bad outcome. And sadly, it's about, I don't know, 17 times more likely to happen amongst a little pervert kid. I don't think parents should be notified, simply because. Yes, I know you don't think parents should be notified. Uh, Third recommendation. Third recommendation here. Where is it here that they should have documentation from their parent or their, their physician or their guidance counselor? I can tell you for a fact as a medical provider, I would never have provided that documentation to the school because it does appear that now you're segregating out this child and you're, um, you're, compare, you're trying to say that this is a disability. This is who they are. You're trying to say that this is a disability. No, this is who they are. This is who they are. This isn't just what they do. This is who they are. You see, the actual philosophy comes out invariably in these discussions. Oh, you're a pervert? That's who you are. That's not just what you do. Look, it's, it can be confusing in English because we refer to people by what they do all the time. You're a thief. You're a liar. You're a this. You're a that. In technical terms, you're a human being who sometimes steals. You're a human being who tells lies. So we, we in our language, appropriate being with doing. You are the things that you do in our language quite oftentimes. You're a liar, you're a thief, you're a speedster, you're a whatever, you're a gossiper. Or uh, if you're, if you're uh, one of these blogging mommies that um, likes to post selfies of yourself in bikinis, you, you look like a whore, you dress like a whore. Um, I'm just channeling my inner bug hall here. He actually did that one time. He uh, told this lady, he said, hey, look, you, you look like a whore. She uh, has never forgiven him. She's trying to ruin his life. She's trying to get him kicked off speaking tours. She deleted all the photos and lied about it. Her name's Melody Lyons. And she had absolutely lied about I, I mean, uh, all the pictures, so many people have seen the pictures. But then she lied. She's like, there were never any pictures of me in bikinis online. I would never do that. That's immodest. Uh, and you're so mean, you're a meanie poo-poo head for saying that I looked like a that it was whorish for me to do that. 
So we do this in the English language. We call people names that make their identity the things that they do. So when I say that, like, you know, you're a, f you're a fag. That's actually not good. I probably shouldn't say that because then they go on and they say, yes, that is who I am. I am that thing. I am a pervert. I do like the uh, the, the rectum or whatever, whatever little perverted thing that Johnny at, at, uh, in middle school has been groomed into believing. And here this medical provider says, it's who they are. It's who they are. Well, does that mean that you're a groomer? You are a groomer. That's who you are. The essence of your identity. You're the quid est of you is that you are a groomer. You're no longer a person. You're a groomer. And this is not like to set up even an, uh, an IEP for them or anything. You're now saying that what you're doing has a stigma to it and it's wrong. Look at what the disabled students go through for normalization. These kids are normal. They're These kids are normal. It's absolutely normal to want to intermix blood, feces, and semen. It's absolutely a normal thing to do. And if you stigmatize that behavior then you're the one that's not normal. There's, this is just who they are. It's this is who they are. Again, this is just who they are. This is just who they are. If they say it enough times, it's safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective, safe and effective. How many times did you hear that it was safe and effective, 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 safe and effective? Oh, it turns out people are dying. It's still safe and effective! And this is who they are, 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 this is who they are. If we just say it enough times, Stalin, comrade, then you will believe it. I mean, that's just the way it is. So my point would be that we never notify a parent. Never notify. We never notify, never notify, never notify, never notify, because it's for their safety, it's for their safety, it's for their safety, it's for their safety, because this is who they are, this is who they are, this is who they are. I could go to these meetings and I could be the alt-left, leftist, woke groomer. By just repeating like five different things over and over again. Unless the child's life is in danger. And then I think we have to err on the side of implied consent. That if we need to, we have to. You know, if I know this student truly is gonna be is suicidal, they've attempted, yeah, I'm going to notify the parents. Actually, you're, you're not no, probably notifying anybody. The hospital and the emergency services are gonna handle all of that. But I, I don't think we should notify parents on many issues that we notify parents on. I don't think we should notify parents on many issues that we notify parents on. In other words, children in the USSA are property of the government schools. The government schools raise the children because the value systems of parents at home cannot be trusted. Parents don't know what they're doing. They have no rights to their children because it takes a village. Stalin would have been so proud of this Marxist buffoon 
who's sitting there on a school board in Rhode Island making such bold claims about what parents have the right to know about their own children. Oh, you don't have a right to know that. You're just the parent. You're just the taxpayer who pays in to this Ponzi scheme to keep these schools going. You live in the neighborhood and in the county. Your property is taxed for the schools. And in exchange for that taxation, you expect a service. The service that we provide is educating your children. But no, it doesn't work that way anymore. No, no, no. You neither own your property because we'll tax it forever. And if you miss one tax payment, it's game over. You either own your property or you don't. You either own your children or you don't. And in the scheme of government schools, you do not possess any rights to your children. And the highest value that this woman elucidates, she elucidates some values, tolerance, acceptance, equality, but the highest value, the profession of faith, that she's after is a profession of faith in the government schools. That alone is where she wants your children's faith to be. She wants faith and trust in the schools. She doesn't give a damn about faith and trust in the family in my parents, in my mommy and daddy. Unless mom and dad have demonstrated the same profession of faith, unless they have said that the school is the highest value, unless they have admitted to the school, hey, I, I'm fine with Johnny being a pervert, just so you know, then they're not going to tell you when Johnny becomes a pervert when they form him into perversion. It's also sick. It's also twisted. It's also disgusting. If we truly lived in times where there was a chance for radical change, Incidentally, I think this whole border thing and this whole civil war thing is just a ruse. But if we truly did live in a time where radical change was on the table, public schools and many public school teachers would feel the wrath of Milstonia. Yes, sirree, they would. Milstonia would find you. School boards first, because you have to lead by example. You millstone the superintendent and all the members of the school board, and then you work your way down to the principals, to the guidance counselors, to the vice presidents. And then you go into the classrooms and you just inspect for evidence of, of grooming. Oh, you got a pride flag? Millstone. Got a trans flag? That'll be two millstones for you. 
And you may walk into some classrooms where you have normal people just doing their job, just trying their best. You sniff around, and you bring, you bring the fag-sniffing jo- uh, dogs with you. You're looking for any evidence of perversion. You don't find any. This is a porn-free, flag-free classroom. They're just teaching geometry in here. Wow. Say, Mrs. Smith, would you be interested in becoming a governess at the Milstonia Academy (laughs) for finishing schools for spinsters? I'm just wondering if you would be interested. It's not, you don't have to accept the job offer, but comes with a lot of benefits. The pay is good. Responsibility is high. And your fellow citizens will thank you. This is Paratalk on the Crusade Channel. Having a little bit too much fun on a Monday morning. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll get back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow's Tuesday. And I'll see you then. This is Paratalk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com.